walks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy that we share as we tarry tarry there none other as ever most of you know it sing it with me and he walks with me and he talks what does he tell you oh yes he does and the joy that we share as we tarry, tarry there. I love this. None other has ever. Boy, you sure aren't singing good today. Thank you. I hope y'all are well. I hope you have had a great weekend so far. We still have Sunday left, and this is the best day, right? Uh, I've got a few announcements this morning, but before I get to those, I just want to say hello. My name is Christy. If you are new here, I want to say welcome. It is good to have you here at Bethel Christian Center. We have a Connect card in the front pew pocket that we would love for you to take and fill out. It's just three quick little things to tell us a little bit about who you are, help us to get to know you. And then after the service, you can take that to the uh, Connect room, which is through the glass double doors in the lobby. We'd love to give you a free gift if it's your first time with us as well. All right, so for the announcements this week, we have some exciting things happening, lots of things happening. Um, on October 6th, which is next Sunday, our pastor will be speaking at the Rose of Sharon Baptist Homecoming, which means that we will have a guest speaker. Has anybody written down Guest Road and see Don Westbrook written in, um, in the lights? I was like, oh, I know him. Anyway, it was really cool. <laughs> Uh, but we will have, actually, my father-in-law is going to be speaking that Sunday morning, October 6th. Um, so we're excited for him to come up and for him to um, be able to share just the gospel with, with the church. Next, um, on the same day, October 6th at 4 p.m., it is the um, Franklin Graham Decision America Tour that we have been um, pushing here at church. It is at the Walnut Creek Amphitheater at 4 p.m. that day. It is a great opportunity for you to invite any um, friends that you have that are non-believers to go to this event and just to hear the gospel plain and simple, and they're going to lead them um, in the prayer of salvation as well. Um, on that day, which is October 6th at 4 p.m. We've got a little video about that that we want to show you just to get a couple more details in. All right, so again, that's October 6th at 4 p.m. at um, the Walnut Creek Amphitheater. If you need the uh, address, just let us know.
All right, the next thing is we have the Fellowship Regional Conference happening in Douglasville, Georgia on the 9th and 10th of October. If you are interested in going to that, let us know as well. You can go to BethelDurham.com backslash register in order to register for that and to be part of that conference. The next thing is on the 12th of October, this is a good one to write down, we will have our night of worship. Um, You know that we work really hard to make sure that um, we have good music for you that glorifies the Lord. Um, And if you want a little bit more of Sunday morning worship time, October 12th at 6 p.m. is a really great time to come and be part of that. It's just a longer time to worship, to linger in the presence of God, um, which we need to do a lot more of. Amen. So that is October 12th at 6 p.m. On the 13th, um, President Steve Holder, I say president because he is the president of the Fellowship Network, which our church is part of, he will be speaking on Prison Fellowship International Missions Opportunity, a mission or an opportunity for us to be able to minister to those children who have parents who are incarcerated. Um, So that is October 13th, and Steve Holder will be speaking that Sunday morning. And finally, on the 19th of October, um, we will have a trip to the North Carolina state mountains. Um, Miss Teresa sent out a little email about that earlier this week. If you would like to know more, um, you can uh, give us your email. You can fill out one of those connect cards, put your email on there, and we can get you all of that information if you just let us know. And finally, today is small group day. So we are so excited that we are finally going to be able to meet for small groups. We've been preparing for this for a very long time. We will be discussing what Pastor Don is preaching this morning, so make sure that you're really listening. Um, And we will be able to get together this afternoon. If you do not know what small group you are in, if you did not get a text message from Michael or you misplaced it or whatever, um, then go see Michael in the back at the end of the service, and he will be glad to let you know where you are. If you did not sign up, but you're like, oh man, I really want to go, you can see Michael as well. It is not too late. So they start today at four o'clock this afternoon. So there's a lot that's happening. And uh, as she has already said, thank you, Christy, so very much that, uh, concerning next Sunday. Uh, we will be down the street at Rose of Sheridan Baptist. Jeff McCartney is the pastor there. I've been there for years. And uh, I'll be speaking there. I do not. I do not want to see one of you folks down there. (laughs) Except my wife. (laughs) And probably my son's going to be with me. But uh, Mitchell Brett is going to be speaking here. And you will thoroughly enjoy that. So we encourage you to do that, if you will. If you do not have an outline of the sermon, please raise your hand, and Brother Chip will make, I want everyone to have an outline of the sermon. Please raise your hand, and we want you to get one. We have been on the theme of power and authority, and I was going to end today with that, but I will not. I have an outline of this. Uh, If you would like to get it, it's five reasons believers don't walk in the power and authority they have in Christ. Before Jesus went back to heaven, he gave authority and power to the disciples, 
not only to the disciples, but to the early church. And not only to the early church, but he gave it to you and I. So every believer, spirit-filled believer, every believer has power and authority. Satan has power, but he does not have authority. You have power and authority through and by the Holy Spirit. And uh, we uh, talked about some reasons that people did not allow the Holy Spirit to use them in that order was, first of all, sin, second of all, ignorance, thirdly, unbelief, fourth, fear, and that is so prominent in the church today, and you can study this, and then also prayerlessness, prayerlessness. This morning, I'd like to talk uh, a little bit about soul fatigue. And if you will read with me two texts. First of all, Galatians 6, 9 through 10. And let us not be grow weary, look at that word, weary, while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Paul's right into the church at Galatia. And in the 10th verse, he said, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And then Matthew writes in St. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, I believe it is. And I'm reading from the Amplified. We don't have the Amplified on screen, but it's partly that. So read with me if you can. Come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened. And, and I like the way, the reason I took the Amplified, because I like what he, he describes. Weary by religious rituals that provide no peace. We've got a lot of churches gathering together. We have a lot of religions. But they do they provide peace? And he goes on to say, and I will give you rest. Come unto me, all you that are weary, and I will give you rest. Now, rest is used twice in this verse. That rest there is refreshing your souls with salvation. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Here he goes, following me at my disciple, as my disciple. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find, there it is, rest, renew, blessed, quiet for your souls. Then he says, for my yoke is easy. The word easy here is the only, this is the only time that the word easy is recorded in Scripture. He said, my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. Father, add your blessings to the reading of your word. Speak not only to our ears, but to our hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I love to come to church early on Sunday morning. and I would encourage you to do that. We come to pray and I come to get a cup of hot tea and um, different things. But I was here early this morning, and I had a teenager to come up to me and said, I'm tired. I didn't get enough sleep last night. I said, what happened? He said, uh, I had to sleep with my brother. You ever had to sleep with your brother or his ladies, your sisters? He didn't get enough sleep, so he was tired. Teenager. Then I went to get me a cup of hot tea and in the kitchen. A six-year-old came to me and says, I'm tired. 
I said, really, what happened? He said, my, my, my brothers kept me up all night. I didn't get to bed before one o'clock and they didn't go to sleep before two o'clock. We have a way of being tired. Have a way of being fatigued. Uh, one of my favorite writers, and especially my wife's writers, is John Ortberg. Now, I want to read this, and I want you to listen as we read it. He makes, he makes a point so well that I thought I would read what he says. The Bible uses the word easy only once in this scripture where I just read. It came from Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Easy is a soul word, he goes on to say, not a circumstance word. The soul was not made for an easy life. The soul was made for an easy yoke. Do you follow that? And yet our souls seem to suffer fatigue. There's a kind of fatigue that attacks the body. When you stay up too late and rise too early, when you try to fuel ourselves with the day with coffee and donut in the morning and Red Bull in the afternoon, when we refuse to take the time to exercise and eat foods that clog our brains and arteries, when we constantly try to guess which line at the grocery store will move faster and which parking space is closest to the mall, our bodies grow weary. About physical fatigue. There's a kind of fatigue that attacks the mind, he goes on to say. When we're bombarded by information all, all day at work, when both screens are always clamoring for our attention, when we carry around mental lists of errands that not yet done and bills not yet paid and emails not yet replied to, when we try to push unpleasant emotions under the surface like holding beach balls under the water at a swimming pool, our minds grow weary. And there is a kind of fatigue that attacks the will, John Ortberg goes on to say, we have many decisions to make when we are trying to decide what clothes will create the best possible impression, which foods will bring us the most pleasure, which task at work will bring us the most success, which entertainment options will make us the most happy, which events we must attend, even what vacation destination will be the most enjoyable. The need to make decisions overwhelm us. Our will grows weary with so many decisions. We're talking about physical fatigue. We're talking about mental fatigue and then this will that we deal with. But then listen to what he says. These categories of fatigue are difficult enough in and of themselves, but they combine to make us feel separated from God, separated from ourselves, and distanced from what we love most about life and creation. This is soul fatigue. Jesus engaged in a certain practice or in certain practices which allowed God's grace to keep replenishing his spirit. Great, great word. 
He prayed. He participated in community with his disciples. He engaged in corporate worship. He meditated on scripture. He enjoyed God's creation. These spiritual practices rested his soul. A common problem is that people think of spiritual practices as obligations. Very important. Listen, that will actually drain them. Sometimes I may need to engage in a practice like giving generously or serving humbly, which my sinful side resists. But generally, I need to engage in practices that connect me to God's grace. That connects me to God's energy and connects me to certainly God's joy. The soul craves rest. Probably all of us would testify to the fact that we get tired. We're worn out. Jake Hess addresses worn out with a fun way. I want you to listen as he describes to you and I, worn out. You come home at night, sit down for a bite, and you're wore out. Wore out. You're hardly able to get up from the table Cause you're wore out Wore out You crawl into bed Sleep like you're dead Cause you're wore out Wore out In the morning you wake up Can't seem to get up Cause you're wore out Sunday, dread to see Monday, cause you wore out. Wore out. You go sit in church and your back starts to hurt, cause you wore out. Wore out. The choir starts to sing and you can't feel a thing, cause you wore out. Wore out. You pray the sermon and song. Won't last too long Cause you wore out And it's wore out, the car that is. <laughs> she starts to worry, tells you not to hurry. This car is wore out. You don't know where you're at. One of the tires has gone flat cause it's wore out. From the sound of the motor, we'll soon have to tow her cause she's wore out. 
That is so true. And you hear what he said about the church. You sit down and your back's hurting. And then you can't get into the singing. And then you hope the sermon and the song won't be too long because you're wore out. Well, physical wear out is something. But, but emo, emotional and spiritual wearing out is something else. It's very important that our souls certainly be refreshed. I want you to go with me now to the introduction. From most forms of fatigue, we cannot escape. Read it with me. Physical fatigue is a daily reality. Mental fatigue consistently visits those who know real life requires reflection. Emotional fatigue invades our inner world when life becomes too heavy. But there is a weariness we must avoid Soul fatigue is the most dangerous form of exhaustion. It tempts us to quit on who we need the most, God. It entices us to quit on what we need the most, God's will, God's plan, and certainly God's best. The body is made up of three interrelated uh, related but distinct parts. And most of you know this, the body, the soul, and the spirit. The body, the soul, which is our will and our emotions, and then our spirit. And that soulish part is a part that certainly needs to be lifted up. It's certainly the part that Satan himself will attack and come against it. Notice what we have, what causes fatigue. Fatigued souls produces fatigued bodies. We wonder why we're so tired. We wonder why we're so tired. First of all, failure to replenish. Let me back up and read this Matthew verse again because it's so important that we understand these, this word twice read, rest. Come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. That is a salvation rest. You see, when we don't know Jesus Christ, the only, listen at me, the only thing that will give rest is a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can try anything else. You can try vacations, you can try all kind of things, all kind of substance. Nothing gives rest to the soul except when it gets in touch with Jesus Christ. And that's where the soul rests. And that's the first rest that Matthew gives us here in this particular verse. Then he says, take my yoke upon you. Yoke was something that they... Uh, had two oxen to come together and 
put on and they plowed and they broke up the land. Yoke. And you think of a yoke, Pastor, are you telling me I need a yoke? I need discipline. We all need discipline. We all need the yoke of discipline. We all need the yoke of discipleship. And he says here, my yoke is what? Easy. So if you're going around with a heavy yoke and a yoke that is burdensome, you have the wrong yoke on. You need to take certainly the yoke of Jesus Christ. He said, if you'll take my yoke upon you, it is gentle, humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. If we're not careful, we fail in our soul fatigue and the fact that we don't replenish what we have. You know, if you don't put gas in the car, you're going to run out and you're going to leave you on the highway. You have to replenish the fuel in your automobile. And that's the way it is with our spiritual life in Jesus Christ. It must be replenished. We must continue to replenish our spiritual resources by spending time every day, certainly in the Bible and spending time in prayer. The psalmist understood this when he wrote in Psalms chapter 1. Notice what he says. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2. But his delight is in what? The law. His delight is in the word of God. In the law of the Lord and his law, in the Lord's law, he meditates day and night. That, that word meditation means to commune. It almost means, I mean, it means almost to rock back and forth. Sort of a hum-like rocking back and forth. How long has it been since we've turned off our televisions, turned off our phones, got quiet before the Lord, opened the Bible, opened the word of God, and just meditated upon his holy word, meditated upon what he grants and gives unto us. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall what? Shall what? Prosper, renewed, refreshed, God desires to refresh us. So that is one way that we fail in our soul being delighted and blessed in the Lord as we fail to replenish. Number two, misplaced priorities. In St. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, as my wife comes, listen at this verse. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Actually choose to put God first in everything you do. There's a couple stories I'm going to share with you today. And the stories began like this. On Highway 70 between Raleigh and Durham was a frequent passing that I did as a teenage girl. You went from uh, Durham to Raleigh many times because I live near the airport uh, in 
in uh, Raleigh. So there are two events on Highway 70 between Durham and Raleigh that is part of my being. The first event, and don't you ever listen to Pastor Don say that I asked him to marry me because I did not. Because I remember vividly my journey from Durham to Raleigh, and this is how it went. He began telling a story. He said there was this farm boy that lived down in Sampson County, and he met this little city girl, and he spent some time with her, and he said, then he said, and you know what? That little, city, that little country boy wants to marry that city girl. Well, I sat there in silence. I didn't say a thing. And he said, well, aren't you going to marry me? And I said, well, yes. <laughs> you know what? I know that I can take you to the spot where that happened, where that conversation went. I can carry you right there. But this is my teenage years. I was riding in the car with my dad. We went that very same spot. I guess God had a divine thing about that spot on Highway 70. And my dad rode around with his Bible, his little New Testament in the car. And so for some reason, I reached over and picked it up. And I opened that New Testament. And these words hit my spirit in a way that I cannot describe to you. These words have been my life. And this is what it said. It said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That has not left me. It has reigned in my spirit from that day. I was a teenage girl, and I'm 74 years old now. That's how long that verse has stayed in my life. But it has been my life verse. Let me tell you again. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Wow. And that is so true. What things, what things? Before that particular verse 33, he says, Food and drink and things that we need for life. If we'll seek first God and kingdom principles, if we'll seek those things first, all these things will be added unto you. Isn't that a powerful verse? And that's what he says in Matthew chapter 6 and verse uh, 33. Our priorities in this world today, if we're not careful, get misplaced. And we put this before God. We put that before prayer. We put other things before Bible reading. We, we put other things before we reach out and touch and help people and love them and express that life. We put them before those things. Where we are today is largely noticed, determined by the way we prioritize our, our concerns in previous months and years. Where you are today is what you did to put God first years ago. It means a lot. Choose God. 
Choose his way. Choose his principles. Obey his commandments and things will be added unto you. This means that we can positively impact our future. You want to impact your future? You listen at me, young man, young lady. Listen at me. You want to impact your future? Then organize your priorities according to biblical principles. Somebody say amen. It is important. What causes fatigue? First of all, failure. To go before the Lord in prayer. Failure to sit down and meditate upon God's word. Failure to replenish. And then number two, misplaced priorities. I, I picked up a scripture here. Most of us remember King Solomon, the son of David, and how that God made him king and God said, Solomon, here you are going to be king. I want, and he was before the Lord in prayer. God said, I want you to ask what you will now. Well, this whole chapter just about of 1 Kings chapter 3, it spins saying, Solomon to God, God, I'm going to be king of a great people. I'm going to be king of a great nation. I'm like a child. I need your wisdom. I need your wisdom in order for me to, lead, to be the leader that I ought to be. And did you know God granted that? He was the wisest man. Listen to me. He was the wisest man that ever lived. No one was ever wiser than Solomon. But I want you to look, if you will, at verses 12 and 13 at the end of God's conversation with Solomon. Behold, I have done according to your words. I give you wisdom. I give you knowledge. I give you understanding. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you nor shall any like you arise after you. There was never a man as wise as King Solomon. But notice verse 13. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your Days. If you depend on God, if you put God first and say, Lord, I'll follow you, I hear you, I listen to you, I'm going to be obedient to you, all these things shall be added unto you. So number one, failure to replenish. Number two, misplaced priorities. And last, number three, a spirit, this is important, of weariness. Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. Daniel is talking about the Antichrist. He's talking about what he will do in the end time. But if you notice, the New Testament says the spirit of Antichrist is already here. It's already here. Notice what verse 25 says in the King James Version. And he shall speak great words, the Antichrist, against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think the changed times. He goes on to say about the latter time, but he shall, listen to this, wear out the saints. 
Why have so many people run up the white flag of surrender when it comes to relationship with God? Why have so many people stopped going to church and given up on religion? Why? They've become weary. They've become, become weary, weary because they haven't replenished the inside with the Spirit and the power of God. They have become weary because of mispriorities, misplaced priorities. And number three, I believe the saint of God, the believer of God, the Christian today is under attack from the demonic powers of hell, from the Antichrist. And he, every day of your life, if you're not careful, he bombards you with things of the world, whether it's on television, whether it's at work, whether wherever it might be, the enemy is trying to wear you down emotionally and spiritually. It's a good place to say amen. It is so true. And you feel that. You, you, you sense that. It's a spirit of weariness. Look at what I have. The long game of warfare. Most believers approach spiritual warfare like they're either playing checkers or either playing dodgeball. Satan always plays chess. While you and I have played checkers and we folded up the board and we're finished, oh, we won the battle today. Oh, we dodged the ball, it missed us and it didn't hit us and we go on our way. Satan sits at his chessboard and he moves here slowly, meticulously, slowly, slowly, methodically, slowly. And we don't realize we're losing out because we haven't prayed. We haven't replenished ourselves. His move is here. He takes the rook. He takes the knight. He's trying to checkmate you. And all the time, he's trying to remove you out of a relationship with God. All the time, he's trying to destroy you. All the time, every day of your life. That's the reason it is, it's so important for the believer to trust God, live for God every day. And that's the reason it's so important to read your Bible every day. Because remember, he's moving those chests all, it's all around. All around. He strategically weaves things into the church and society over decades and even, and even generations. He don't care if he wins today. He's going to work tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. Now let me get to the, the, the important part of this sermon. Look at it if you will. Souls fatigues remedy. Remember the Sabbath. Oh, Brother Don, that's an Old Testament thing. That's an Old Testament thing. The Sabbath day is so important. God put that there for a reason, not just for Israel and the children of Israel. He put that there for us today. And we think we can forget the Sabbath. We think we can do our own thing on the Sabbath and our bodies are physically being worn down and our spiritual man, it's, it's, it's suffering from malnutrition and we're not strong at all. We're spiritual, weak Barney Fives. We're weak. Notice, it says, remember 
the Sabbath. We need the Sabbath day today in order to survive our culture. Woo! Important. I may deal more with that the next time I preach. Number two, we need to walk in God's path. I love Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths. We've learned new ways where the good way is. And walk in it then, not until then, then you will find rest for your souls. But notice what he says. But they said we will not walk in it. God has got the old paths clearly marked. They're clearly marked. God wants us to walk in those old paths. It's so sad that our country has gotten away from history. I mean, just history about our nation and how it was founded and what it was founded upon. And we need to remember these things can, can help us to survive. So remember the Sabbath, walk in God's path, run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. That's what this, this verse is. Come unto me. All who are weak and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. How long has it been you said since you said, boy, it sure does feel good to relax. We've been uptight. We think all the things of the world, listen, they're good things that we can do. We certainly can have our favorite chair to sit down in and prop our legs up, which is very good. We can have our favorite places to go for entertainment. We can even take several vacations a year. But if we're not careful, we come back just as tired as when we left because we left God out. We didn't replenish the soul. And a replenished soul replenishes the body. Let me say that again. A replenished soul replenishes the body. Look at Acts chapter 3 verse 19. I love this verse. Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from going on vacation. Did I miss it? That refreshing may come from going to Disneyland. And, yep, wrong answer. That refreshing may come from the presence of God. I want Matt and them to come, but Judy, would you come first and play a little song for me? And then we're going to sing a song as Matt and the team comes. Listen at me. Are you tired? I'm talking about spiritually. Do you lay down at, light, at night and put your head on the pillow and you can't go to sleep because, hey, something's bothering you? I'm here to tell you that your soul can be replenished. In the presence of Jehovah, there's peace, there's contentment, and there's joy. Now, Father... We bow before you today. Thank you for your presence. Lord, in your presence is healing. In your presence is contentment. In your presence is solace. In your presence, Lord, is peace.
This world needs peace. Washington needs peace. Seattle needs peace. Pittsburgh needs peace. America needs peace. Iran needs peace. The Soviet Union needs peace. China needs peace. Families needs peace. Homes needs peace. Individuals, individuals need peace. And they find it in your presence. While we bow before you for just this moment, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, and your Holy Spirit is speaking to us today. Thank you for that. God, if there's one man, one woman, one young person here today that they don't know you as their personal Savior, I pray that they will know you before they leave this sanctuary today. Knock at that heart. Revelation tells us, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, oh, Jesus Christ. If any man will open up, I'll come in and sup and sit and refresh him. Hallelujah. If you're here today and you need Christ, all you need to do is say, Father, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me with your blood, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Calvary. I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior to live for you the rest of my life. If you'll do that, You'll walk out these doors knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. As we sing it once again, everyone come and stand around the altar. In the, would you come and stand with us today? I won't embarrass you. We'll just come and stand together. You might say this morning, Pastor, you talked about coming to Jesus. Can we come to Jesus? Jesus lived on this earth 33 years. He was crucified. He died. How do we come to Jesus? We come to him in faith. We come to him believing. We come to him accepting him as our personal Savior. We come to him and say, Lord, come into my life. You think he'll do that? How many of you know you have Jesus on the inside? Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? Now, fathers, we stand in your presence. We ask you to bless every person. We ask you to bless moms and dads and young people alike. We pray, God, that your Holy Spirit might do a work in all of us. And, Lord, I pray that all of us today will examine ourselves and see where we maybe have failed, whether it's replenishing our own life, whether, Lord, it's uh, allowing things to take our attention and not setting our priorities, whether it's allowing the enemy, the satanic powers of hell, to wear us down without us getting back up and saying, we're going to be the person that God wants us to be. God, I pray that you'd help us today to remember the Sabbath, to walk in your paths, that we'll run to you, and that we'll allow your presence to refresh us in a great and a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. If you're here today and you have a special need, I want to pray for you. And I believe that God answers prayer. I believe that God saves our soul. I believe that God heals our bodies. And I know that God refreshes our lives. You're here today and you have a special need. Slip up that hand and we'll have our prayer warriors to pray. Okay? Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for this word. We thank you, Lord, that we don't have to live under a cloud. We don't have to live with a soul that's fatigued and tired. But we can stand up and be strong in the Lord. Help us to understand we need not be weary in well-doing. Help us not to stop doing good. Help us to be obedient to you. And God, rest every tired soul here today. Let every person here this morning lie down tonight, put their head on their pillow, and rest. Not just physically, but rest emotionally. Rest mentally. And rest soulishly. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Turn around and shake hands and be real friendly.